0: Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. Could I just see a a show of hands if you've been here at Harmony Church for more than two years? So you've been here while we're at Oakland School. So that's a good... Is there a microphone on somewhere? So that's a good third, that's, that's good. So it's, it's nice to see like a lot of people who haven't been here that long, that's actually a healthy sign of growth, uh, that God's actually doing something here at Harmony Church. But I also asked that question because Gideon said to me a while ago, he said, uh, I've heard you preach a lot of messages, but I haven't heard you preach on Grace. And for those that have been here for a long time will understand the importance of grace and that message within our church family because uh, there's a lot of, um, like all different churches, you know, like that they worship God and, and their expression of their worship in Him and how they pursue after Him. Uh, every church differs a little bit. And there's something about the message of grace that, that Gideon has re- and Catherine have really taken hold of and understood and walked out that at times has caused quite a bit of persecution, but has also constantly produced fruit, constantly produced the things of the kingdom. And so I really felt this week to to speak on that. And it's a bit of a bit more of a theological message you could say uh, than my usual. And it also happens to be the, the one time Gideon's not here. But I'm sure he'll probably listen to the recording to make sure, to make sure I'm theologically clean. Um, so yeah, so my message tonight is titled, You Are Empowered by Grace. You are empowered by Grace. And we're gonna do something a little different. Um, This is a bit more usual if you've been to the morning service, but we're actually going to read out 10 verses of Scripture together as a church. It's a little different, but it's okay. And we're not going to skip over the awkward parts. We're just going to read the whole thing. So if everyone's willing to stand to their feet, are we doing the whole thing? (laughs) Wow. All right, 10 verses. We're just going to read them out. So everyone just follow me. Okay, starting from the top left. (laughs) All right. As hang on, this is the Book of Ephesians, chapter two, one to ten. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following the desires and thoughts like the rest we were by nature deserving of wrath but because of his great love for us God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions it is by grace you have been saved and it is God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show The incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Nearly there. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. Amen. You may be seated. And for many of us, we ticked off our quota of the Bible for the day. So the summer the summary of that verse is effectively like we were born into a fallen creation, man made a decision to do life without God to make his own way, to become his own God and so fell from the place in which God had given him and then Je- and God in his mercy sent Jesus to pay the price that we may walk back in relationship with God and that is basically the gospel of grace, not because we strived or we worked or we performed or we behaved correctly but because Jesus paid a price and in faith we say we believe so we step into that identity and so grace is the access to our relationship with Father God not based on behaviour but based on how Jesus behaved. Jesus paid that price for us so we may walk in relationship with God. Yes, we raised our hands in faith. Yes, we stepped out and said, God, I want to know you. I remember when I became a Christian, um, I just, you know, I just prayed like, God, like, I just want to know you, and I welcomed him into my heart. I did step out in faith, but it was by his grace that I was saved. It was by his grace, the message of grace, that I was saved. And so I want to speak tonight specifically about the function of grace in our lives, how the grace of God affects our lives. So I'm going to pull out just one verse from those 10 verses Ephesians uh, verse 8 chapter 2 verse 8 and it says there for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. So for it is by grace you have been saved through faith there's three key words there uh, grace you have been saved by faith so three key words and that first, the first word I want to highlight is the word faith so for by grace you have been saved through faith. Faith, Hebrews 11, chapter one, chapter 11, verse one says that uh, now faith is the confidence or the substance of what we hope for. And that word translated into confidence or substance, is a Greek word which again we will struggle to pronounce, but it is hypostasis. And that comes from two separate words, which means to stand under. In other words, to provide a support. So, so faith is the substance in what we hope for. It's actually there's actually a substance to it. Faith is not blind. And Jesus went around preaching, it says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Change the way you think, for the kingdom of heaven is within reach. And so by faith, we reach out, not into just thin air, but with expectancy to actually grab hold of a substance. There is substance to faith. So we are saved by grace, it's by grace we are saved through faith. And through faith we reach out and take hold of what which God has for us. There is substance to the faith we have. The second word there, saved, is the Greek word sozo. So that Greek word sozo can be translated three different ways, to be saved, to be healed, or to be delivered. So it's not just a singular thing, it has a multiple effect. You're physically, emotionally, mentally saved when you enter a relationship with Jesus Christ. Your, your, your whole mind, body and soul is redeemed by Him. And uh, so, so by faith we reach out and we take hold of what God has for us. We repent, we change the way we think and in faith we, we reach out and we take hold of that salvation that God has offered to us. And what I want you to picture is I want you to picture like a shoot of water coming down, like just flowing down and we're standing here and by faith we repent, we change the way we think because the kingdom of heaven is at hand and we reach out in faith and we take hold of what God has for us. We take hold of our salvation. We take hold of our healing. We take hold of our deliverance. So we see that picture. We see that water flowing down. Grace in this instance, grace is that water that flows from heaven to earth. Grace is that water that flows from heaven to earth. So it's by faith that we reach out and take hold of, but it's the grace that we connect with that actually allows us to be saved. It's the grace of God that produces salvation for our souls. Yes, we raise our hands in faith. Yes, um, yes we step out to invite the Holy Spirit into our lives, but, but it's by grace that we are saved but it's by grace that we are saved. Grace is the empowering substance of heaven that ushers in the things of His kingdom. Grace is the empowering substance, remember the substance to of heaven that ushers in the things of the kingdom. Anytime you see a manifestation of the kingdom, you see grace in action. Anytime you see a daughter reconciled to her mother or father, you see the kingdom. Anytime you see a broken marriage healed, you see the kingdom. Anytime you see someone walking in pain healed, you see the kingdom. Anytime you see grace, anytime you see someone enter the kingdom to be saved, to give their life to Jesus Christ, you see grace in operation. Grace is the empowering substance of heaven that ushers in the things of his kingdom. Titus chapter two, verses 11 to 12 says, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. For the grace of God that has appeared, so I wanna picture that that stream of water flowing down, that grace that has appeared that offers salvation to all people, to anyone who would choose to repent and realise that the kingdom of heaven is at hand and reach out, they can partner with that grace of God because the grace of God has has appeared so that salvation is offered to all. And it says in the next verse, verse 12, it teaches us, that's grace, teaches us to say no to ungodliness and to worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, not uptight, upright and godly lives in this present age. So the grace of God has appeared to offer us salvation and it teaches us, what does it mean to teach when you teach someone to ride a bike or you teach someone to manage money? You equip them to handle that which you've given them. And grace equips us to handle the life which God has given us. And it equips us to say yes to godliness and no to ungodliness. But somewhere along the line, uh, we've gotten a little confused and the, the, the word of grace has been watered down a bit. And uh, I, I, I notice this quite a lot, is that when someone's maybe late for a meeting or they've, they haven't quite done something right, they may ask, oh, can you give me some grace? Can you give me some grace? Have we heard someone say that before? Probably yourself. Or maybe you're in the position of authority and someone they've stuffed up or they're late to work or something, and you're like, don't worry, there's grace. Now, my challenge with that is, I don't actually think that is grace in that moment but I think we've got a bit confused with our language. We've got a bit confused between the mercy of God and the grace of God. Grace empowers you to partner with the things of heaven. It doesn't empower you to rock up late, to disappoint your wife or to fall short. Grace empowers the kingdom. That's what it does and that's all it does. The water flows in one direction and that's in the way of the kingdom. In moments, we reduce grace to a, it's okay, there's grace, it's fine, you can have another chance, but that's not grace, that's mercy. In that scripture, we said that God is rich in mercy, and mercy has its place, and mercy says, it's okay, you made a mistake, you fell short, but I'm choosing to give you my grace. So the grace that He gives you is not to, to cover your sin, but it's to raise you up to heavenly standards, it's to raise your spirit up to be saved in Him, it's mercy That pardons you. If you're late, if you fall short, if you fail, you disappoint, it's mercy that pardons you, but grace did not empower that moment. That may sound minor, but here's the challenge. The moment we water down the grace of God to be anything less than the pure empowering force of heaven, we undermine our confidence and faith in God to move in our lives. We undermine our faith in God to move in our lives because we will doubt the influence of His grace to move in a situation because now grace is attached to failure. Because now grace has an ability to fall short when it never does. Grace will never fall short. We may fall short because of the humanity that God has decided to clothe us in, but grace doesn't fall short. It never does. It only flows in one direction. We undermine our faith in God to move in our lives because we will doubt the influence of his grace to move in a situation because now grace is associated to failure and falling short when it's one and only purpose is to hit the mark. It does not require grace to break a person's heart or shatter trust. It does not require grace. You're not empowered by grace when you break trust with someone, but it requires trust to build it requires grace to build trust, to repair a broken heart. It requires grace to flow in that situation. It does not require grace to break a marriage, to split a family. But it does require grace to either bring that family back together or allow that, that separation to be honorable. It does not re- require, require the grace of grok, it does not require the grace of God to walk in sexual immorality. You don't need God's grace for that, but you do to walk in purity. You don't need God's grace to be stingy, but you do to be generous. You don't need God's grace to make selfish decisions and make a life set up so that you're the number one person that benefits, but you do need God's grace if you want to serve people in this world. You don't need the grace of God to hate someone, to be jealous of them, to envy them, but you do need the grace of God if you want to love someone. The grace of God flows in one direction. Grace does not pardon a fallen situation. Mercy does. The only connection grace has to a fallen situation is to bring change in the direction of redemption. I want you to picture that water flowing. It only flows in one direction. If it's not flowing in that direction, it's not grace. Grace is empowering. God overrules physics. Grace empowers the expansion of God's kingdom and you are empowered by grace. Therefore, every situation you walk into, you have the ability to release the kingdom of heaven. And in every situation, you have access to the substance of heaven that brings about change. All right, I'm just gonna read one last verse and then I'm gonna bring it to a close. It's not gonna be that quick of a finish, just a warning. But it's going to be Luke chapter 4 and this is uh, after Jesus has been baptised by John the Baptist. He's been anointed by the Holy Spirit. He's been edified by the Father. Then he's gone into the wilderness and tempted by the enemy. And then he's walked back out and he's, he's begun his ministry. And he uh, he walks into the synagogue and he walks up the front of the, while everyone's standing there, and he pulls out a scroll, a particular scroll from, from the man who holds all the scrolls. And... Uh, and he begins to read it. And as I read this, I want you to understand that, that this was a moment in history. This was a moment as soon as he began to speak, everyone in the audience like, was like, this is different. Like they'd heard this scripture before. They knew it off by heart. But as he spoke these words, they felt that this was different. And it says in verse 18, this is Jesus speaking, "'The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor.'" He has sent me to proclaim the freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. Now remember, this was a moment. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue was fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. That's really important. Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. It says, all spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. That word there, gracious, is the same word, "caris" that was in we're saved by grace. So that same word, that same grace that saved us, Jesus was speaking with grace-filled words in this moment. I want you to picture this moment and it says, it's really important to realise that today, in uh, today this in the script, sorry, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Today the Scripture isn't fulfilled in hearing. What is He saying? He's saying that the the blind are going to see, that the oppressed are going to be set free, that the captives are going to be set free. Jesus was not just reading the Scripture that everyone knew, everyone understood, but as He spoke it, there was grace in His words, there was substance in His words, and it began to shift the life of those hearing. And he says, Today the Scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. They'd heard it a hundred times before, but the Scripture was fulfilled in the hearing because grace was now coming with those words and people were being set free as he was speaking. As he was speaking. And this depicted the life of Jesus everywhere he went. He lived a life empowered by grace. Everything he did was empowered by the substance of heaven. So everywhere he went, he saw people being set free. He saw people being delivered. He saw people being, being, uh, being healed because he was in alignment with heaven and he partnered with the grace of God on his life and grace only flows in one direction and that is the release of the kingdom and that's what Jesus saw everywhere he went. And I want to challenge you guys tonight and encourage you. What does it look like for you to be empowered by God's grace in your place of work, in your place of study? It doesn't require you to be empowered by God's grace to show up at five past eight in the morning and leave five minutes early and do half a day's work, to spend half a day on Facebook or or to not put your best foot forward. It doesn't require God's grace. But if you want to serve people with your whole heart, If you want to release the kingdom, it requires you to partner with grace. And my challenge for you is what does that look like for you and your area of ministry that God has called you to, to partner with empowering grace of heaven? For me, I work part time as an electrician and I was uh, at a house on Tuesday and uh, there was this lovely lady there and I was fixing some lights for her. And we just got chatting and she was a Christian and I didn't pray for her or anything overtly like that. We just chatted a bit about God and then uh, I gave her some advice, fixed some light bulbs and gave her some advice on lighting. And then I just went to leave and like, just like we just entered this moment. She just was like, you know, like got a bit emotional and I didn't even pray for her or anything but I know in that moment I was so aware of the grace of God in my life. I know I know pretty much every house I walk into, I'm aware that I am empowered by grace and because I'm empowered by grace is an expectancy to see the kingdom of God manifest around me. And even though I did not pray, my words were still full of grace, my presence still carried grace and it was still impacting her in the same way Jesus had that moment in the synagogue where the people were marvelling at his grace-filled words, this, this woman was just like, she wasn't sure what to do, because it was just a moment. And then later that day, uh, I was with her uh, at another house, changing the lights, what I do, lights and plugs, lights and plugs. And uh, it was this, uh, this, he was about 20, 28 years old, this guy. And uh, he was, so like t- less than 10% of what we communicate is what, with our words, About 90% of what we communicate is with the tone in which we say them and our body language. And so I've learned to not only listen with my ears, but also with my eyes. And uh, that's a bit scary because you're just communicating all the time. And if you don't realize that, then you're going to be communicating some things you don't realize. Anyway, I just really felt like I could see this guy was communicating some things that he'd been through a few things in his life. And I just really felt God's compassion for him. And I was just so aware of the grace that was on my life, the ability of God's grace to use my words and use my actions to release the kingdom. And so I just, just before I left, I just said to him, hey, uh, this is a bit different, but um, I'm a born again Christian and I just really feel like God wants you to know that he loves you and that, uh, and that he thinks you're awesome. And, and then also just said like, and I feel like you've been, you've been judged really quickly quite a lot in your life. Like that's a common experience for you. You step out and you've been judged really quickly and unfairly. But I, I just feel like God wants you to know that He loves you and He cares for you. And he, and, he lo- and, just the, and just that love of God is for Him. And He just like, we just entered this moment again because remember there's grace Grace empowers our words and our actions. And again, it went from, yeah, cool, all right, high, bye, to, whoa, what just happened? And, th- and that's what it looks like for me in my area to-, to minister with the grace of God in my life. But my challenge for you is, what does it look like for you to partner with the grace of God? What does it look like to step into those divine moments where people stop, where the person at the, at the till is being like, yep, $10, $20, whatever, and then just, whoa, What's happening here? Like, I'm feeling something, I'm sensing something that has substance to it. This isn't like every other interaction I've had today. What would it look like for us as a culture to have such a pure understanding of the grace of God that we never doubted heaven's ability to move in a situation, that we never doubted or undermined our confidence in his grace to empower a situation? Do you wanna come up? You are empowered by grace. You are empowered by the very substance of heaven. As I said, Titus chapter 2, verse 11 says, For the grace of God has appeared. That offers salvation to all people. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. And I want you to picture that water streaming down beside us. Jesus preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is found in the grace of God. And when in faith we reach out and take hold of that grace, we will see the kingdom manifest in our lives. But it says, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. And I just, I just want to offer an invitation tonight that if you're here and you don't know Jesus, your Lord and Saviour, but you're feeling something different, you're feeling a substance in this room that you don't really feel when you watch your TV shows, that you don't really feel when you watch the news, but you're feeling a substance in the air, I want to encourage you, that's the grace of God and it's within reach. And it's within reach. So if you're comfortable, I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes. And just if there's anyone in here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, that you haven't laid down your life for Him and picked up His and chosen to follow Him, I want you to know that the grace of God is available in this room in this moment. And that Jesus is inviting you to repent, to change the way you think, to reach out, take hold of that grace that you may be saved. And so if that's anyone in this room, you're saying, hey, that's me. I I want to know, I want to be in relationship with this God. I I want to understand what the substance is, what I'm feeling, then I just encourage you to raise your hand and I'm just gonna bless it and you can put it down. If you're in here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, but you can feel the grace, you can feel the substance of heaven around you, then I encourage you to raise your hand and I'm gonna bless it and you can put it down. Thank you, Jesus. We'll just wait another moment, just another moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, I'm just going to pray for us to close. So if you want to just receive whatever that looks like for you. But Father, we want to know what it looks like to partner with the grace that you have given us the untainted the pure grace of heaven that you have made available for us. We want to know what it looks like to walk that out in our places of work, our places of study, in our family and in our friendship groups, God. We want to know what it's looked like to, to partner with that grace, to see your kingdom invade our circumstances and our situations, that we may enter these moments where people encounter that grace that all of a sudden hope begins to fill into their lives and they don't may not understand exactly what's going on but they understand there's something greater before them God would you teach us what it is to partner with that grace to keep that grace pure that we would only we'd only call on it and understand it as something that ushers in the things of heaven I just release that revelation right now in the name of Jesus thank you Father thank you Father Um, if you're comfortable to just stand to your feet. We're just going to close this week a little differently. We're just going to have a time of worship. It's probably just going to be one song, but we'll, we'll carry on playing after that if you want to still engage. But I really encourage you, if something of this spoke to your heart, that if you want, to, you want to understand and partner more with the grace of God that is on your life, if you want to repent and reach out for what God has for you, then I encourage you to to come out of your seats or to raise your hands or do something that just communicates, God, I'm all in and I want to see that happen in my life. I want to see your grace invade my situation. Is that okay?